Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN, Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast with your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. It is a post Sunday night football edition, and man, oh man, we were treated to a phenomenal Sunday night football. Hoping that we get the same thing on Monday night. We we're looking forward to these primetime games, and Sunday night football lived up to everything we thought it would. Obviously, the Chiefs, Chiefs sneaking by there at the end. It was a little scary if you're a Chiefs fan, uh, but they but they got it done. So let's kick things off here, guys, with our with our headlines. And I'm gonna allow Jake, you go to first. What is your headline coming out of this Sunday slate of games? The Finns realize they need Fitz magic most when it counts. <laughs> Brian Flores comes in after the game and says Tua did not get hurt. He got benched for his performance and Fitz magic gave us the best chance to come back and win. He took him down for a field goal. He took him all the way down from the three yard line through a pick in the end zone, trying to make a play. But this offense has been God awful and stagnant, even though they were winning games Tua threw for less than hundred against the Rams. Did not play much better the next week. They beat the, the Bolts because their defense was playing so good. Their defense let them down. Fitzmagic was still the way to go, and they proved it today, putting the youngster on the bench. And give me this bullshit about he's in the talk of rookie of the year. He ain't in the top 30 in the rookie of the year conversation. Not close. He, you, you, if you Literally watch, 30. He ain't in the top 30. No. There's, not in the top three, the top 30. Yeah, there's so many – rookie wide receivers who are having phenomenal seasons, rookie running backs, obviously Four offensive Joe, lineman. He's behind. Yeah. Offensive lineman, obviously what Joe Burrow was doing, uh, you know, prayers up for him after today. And then Absolutely. Justin Herbert, like you can't, yeah, Justin that, the award. <laughs> yeah, Justin Herbert's going to win the award, but I would like to revisit this comment because this is a comment that Tua Tonga Villaloa made this week. And I, I wonder if he still feels the same. Uh, I expected it to be a lot harder. Not that it's not hard. Tua talking about playing in the NFL. Yeah, uh, somehow, some way, I think that quote was going to come back to haunt him the second that I saw it. And today, sure enough, as he's getting benched, it got old takes exposed. So well, well, let, let's do this. Let's timing. analyze this really quickly here, Tua. You've now put a couple games on tape. They've given you an RPO first read like you had in college, and then you actually had to play big boy NFL football, and you can't do it yet. You're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. You're not the greatest thing since sliced bread. You're not the greatest lefty since freaking Kenny Stabler. Right now, you're not the greatest lefty since Tim Tebow. You'll get there. You'll be okay. But the NFL is hard as hell. This ain't Alabama with 15 first-rounders playing around you. 
it just that <laughs> I read that comment and it just did not sit well. I was like, I just don't, I, I don't understand. Like there's no upside to saying that, right? Like when no, you say stuff, no. you have to, you have to understand that that just puts it, it's a bulletin board comment, right? So then every defense that plays you, they're all looking at that going, Oh, it's so easy. It's easy to be in the NFL. Okay, sure. Let me show you how easy it is. It tells you that all the leadership and the maturity they talk about is all bullshit. Exactly. That he's an extremely immature young man that let his mouth do some stupid talking. Yeah. And it's, you know, you see the difference. If you've watched what has come out of anything Joe Burrow has said this year, if you watch, you know, technically wasn't a rookie last year, but anything Lamar Jackson said two years ago, you, you understood the tone that they took and they, they understand their role as whether you like it or not. And those guys do like it, but whether you like it or not, you're a starting quarterback of an NFL franchise. You are the leader period. End of story. Whether they hand you the C on your jersey or not, you're a leader of the team just by that position and what it entails. And if you could just, the difference between that kind of comment, you would never hear Joe Burrow say that. You would never no. hear Lamar Jackson say that. And those were two young guys that were thrust into starting roles in Burrow's case right away and in Lamar Jackson's case in the second year. Uh, or I guess late in his first year, but then his second year when he was the full. By the way, you're talking about a dude that ain't done shit. He that's didn't go, like, that's, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't go throw for 550 and six touchdowns. Thank you. He threw no. for 96 yards and they won because their defense was great. He hadn't done a damn thing. Yeah. That, that was my, that was more my problem with the comment is when I read it, I was like, man, context matters here, right? Like context around what you've done, the defense that you've been afforded the opportunity and the fact that you walked into a pretty damn good situation that Fitzmagic had set up for you, right? You weren't, you were in a situation that had been built on week in and week out that you got put into that for two weeks, you didn't have to do that much to get by. And I understand there were some moments and some things that you liked, but to, to put him in the same category as Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert this year is disrespectful to what those two have done and the teams that they're on and the things that they have had to overcome in spite of everything else going on. And, and you can be confident, right? Joe Burrow's very confident. He said some very, very confident statements. That doesn't come across as confidence. That comes across as immaturity. Right. That's that's what I read that statement as that. That's 100%. not a confident statement. That's an immature statement. And I think that's that's where you want to see that. I envision that that will not happen again. I, I and Brian Flores also. This is a reminder. Nobody's bigger than the team. Like Brian is Patriot way. Like you're not going to get it. If you're if your football stinks, you're going to get benched. They don't care who Let you are. Let me ask you guys this, because I, I kind of love this. Like Flores, oh, is like Flores is like, F this. I don't give a flying F that this little freaking rookie is in here and we're playing. Like we're losing a game we should be winning. And I got a dude sitting on the bench that can bring me back. And I know this rookie can't. And I'm, I don't give a damn about what I'm going to hear from the ownership or the media or whatever else. I'm, I'm making the move. I love that he did it. They almost pulled it off. This I agree. Beyond stagnant. But what do you guys think? I loved it. Brian Flores is quickly becoming one of my favorite coaches in the NFL based on the way he was able to rally that team last year. And we gave him a ton of praise as last season went on. And we discussed a lot this off season about the value of developing a winning culture. And it's not all just about what's the highest pick you could possibly get in the draft. There is more value in building a culture of winning and that's what he's doing. And he, you're not coaching one guy. You're not coaching the number one pick, or in this case, the number five pick you're coaching an entire roster of men. And men that have, some of them have been in the league a very long time. You're not going to bullshit them. I don't know how anybody in that locker room could not believe on a, on a game, on a daily, on a second by second basis, 
believe anything other than Brian, Brian Flores, their leader, wants them to win every single time they're out there. And with that behind them, with the emerging talent that they have, they'll be in a good spot. They've got plenty of picks coming up. They're going to add so much more talent to this team over the next couple of years as well. They're going to be in a good spot. Uh, to me, it's a coach showing his team that I'm going to do whatever I can to win this game, period. I don't care about your feelings. I don't care about what the media is going yes. to say. I don't care about the draft position of the guy who's in there. I'm trying to win. That will rub off. Oh, and by the way, that's probably be good for Tua as well. I, I, it's so amazing to me that we as a society sometimes think that nobody's allowed to overcome adversity. Nobody can make a mistake. Nobody can be benched. I guarantee you, anybody listening to the show, you've probably been fired in your life. And being benched is not like being fired. But you've been fired in your life. Did, did, did you just curl up in a ball and never work again? Did you go home and, and decide you, you know, you're just not going to be a contributing member of society anymore? Or did you figure out what you might have done wrong or what was wrong with the situation, why it didn't fit, and work to get better? And if you're as good or as talented at whatever that position was, as we believe Tua will be, He'll have an opportunity to bounce back and be successful. This is not the end of the world. I, I know everybody likes to freak out that, oh my God, how could you bench him? And there's a conversation that should be happening in Philadelphia where they're not, they're yeah. not doing things for optics reasons. But yeah. I, it just, to me, I don't, it's not the end of the world. Tua can learn from this. I don't, I don't think any less of Tua now than I did four weeks ago before he was starting. Now he knows what he it's like. He wasn't ready then. No, no. but you know what? Now he knows what it's like. He's had flashes of success. He's also been slapped in the face and knows, okay, now I know what the NFL, at least a little bit of what the NFL is like. How do I get better and adjust to it versus before of like, oh, I've been sitting on the bench holding a clipboard. I don't really know. I haven't played football in a calendar year. I haven't played at the NFL level ever. Now he knows. This is where you'd hope you would get 100 preseason snaps for a guy. By the way, that was a huge loss. Yes, that's a, a in the AFC, that is a... Great for viewership, but terrible if you're one of those teams. It's a jumbled mess right now in that wild card picture. And it probably takes the Dolphins out of their chances to win that division. It's still possible, 100%. obviously, but that really hurt their no, chances I've of catching pretty much locked up play. Play. Yeah, the Bills getting it done. I think there's yeah, there's there's a couple things here, and we'll wrap this conversation up. But one, this decision by Brian Flores made me believe my theory of ownership push to a more than ever before. I think the the second that I saw that move happen, I went, yep, I, I'm pretty sure that what I believe to be true is true. Because if if that is, if Brian Flores believes in that moment that that he can have, that he can make that quarterback switch, I'm going, yeah, okay. I think I think Stephen Ross was the one pushing this one down the pipe. So that's that's the first thing. And two, if you cannot, to, to Jamie's point about adversity, if you're a young quarterback or whatever, if you cannot take this as a learning lesson, and get better, then you're not going to be a, a, a long-term quarterback anywhere, period. If you can't take this one lesson and get smarter and get better, and you're that mentally fragile that you cannot get better from this, then you, then you won't be a starting quarterback for, for the, us a lot for the about future. Him, it's 100%. A lot about I mean, there's, you got to think about some of these superstar guys who are the greatest in junior high, the greatest in high school, five-star yes. recruit, the greatest in the, in the country in Alabama got hurt but he'd never faced adversity he's never been fired as jamie talked about that mm -hmm. and he just got done saying i thought the nfl would be harder than this and got his ass put on the pine and then the head coach had the balls to come in the locker room afterwards his press conference to say it was his performance mm -hmm. he did not give us the best chance to win this is probably the first time he's ever had this so we're going to learn a lot about how he handles it in the media how mature he is because let me tell you one thing 
before we get off of this. That crap doesn't fly in the locker room. I know. I thought the NFL would be harder than this. Well, the other 60 dudes in that locker room are going, you're a freaking idiot. You nope. have no idea what you're talking about. And then the other part of that locker room has already seen fit, so they all believe him. They're going to watch how Tua handles this, how he handles himself. Does he drop his head? What he says? Is there a bunch of fake bravado, or does he just put his head down and go to work? Yeah, It'll be and, really and interesting. He, We're going to learn a lot about him. He has an opportunity to earn a ton of respect, too, with how he responds to this. He's been given he an opportunity does. now. Like, cause he's going he's gonna to start next week. So yep. he's been given this opportunity now to show that, okay, I got too big for my britches. I'm going to come back here and I'm going to show that I'm a leader and I'm going to learn from my mistakes and put this team in the best chance to win. Uh, it is an interesting juxtaposition though. When we talk about like the Tua story of, if you, rem- if you think back to how t- the Tua run in Alabama truly began, it was Nick Saban saying my starting quarterback who I've had success with before wasn't good enough to get the job done in a big moment. I need to make a switch at halftime. Mm-hmm. And that's how Tua, that's how the Tua run started in full force at Alabama. And what did Jalen Hurts do as a response? He, he sucked it up. He dealt with it. Transferred. You couldn't, had you a couldn't lot of success handle it better. Yep. You couldn't handle and, it better. And when is the second round pick and probably should be getting a chance to throw a few more balls right now, considering what Carson Wentz is doing. But I said, this is, this should be a, this could be a great opportunity for Tua. Like, and, and like Jake said, you're going to see a lot from him. Like, this is not over. This is just starting. This is a tremendous opportunity to earn so much respect in the locker room to regain confidence in yourself and to maybe learn a few things. And I hope he takes advantage of it. And I think he probably will. The only reason why he wouldn't would be if there's some other attitude problem that we're unaware of. That would be and the only reason I would And that's where I talent. think this is interesting. There's that that's... big three-letter word called ego. Mm-hmm. By the way, there's only maybe two dudes in the league that can handle this like Fitz. 100%. Said, two is going to start next week. And if they need to go back to Fitz, his ass will be ready to rock. And he'll be right back patting two on the ass the first, first half of the next week and the next game. There are not many guys in this NFL and that three-letter word ego that will allow themselves to play this game with this much love and child exuberance of Ryan Fitzpatrick to handle this situation, to, to talk about it so eloquently of being crushed. Yeah. To then come in and then go right back to the bench and come make as many times he needs to come in and out, he's going to go do his job. There's a lesson right there in two of how to handle yourself. Absolutely. And, and maybe there are more, but there are two names that come to mind right away. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh McCown. Those are the two mm-hmm. guys that come to mind right away for just those, you just a unique breed of quarterbacks that have been starters, have had some success, but have been a long time backups and are aware of their role of being groomers, being leaders and showing these young players what it's like to be in the NFL. The difference is, is Fitzpatrick still has the arm to be a starting quarterback in the league where McCown is, you know, okay, I know he's hurt right now, but he's like, okay, solid backup. Fitzpatrick could still play. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this dynamic plays out. But this again, treme- take advantage of this opportunity. This is a tremendous opportunity for Tua to, sh- to show something, and I hope he does. I hope we're not sitting here at the end of the season going, "Man, do the Dolphins need to use that Houston pick or pu- crap, you know, package a couple picks to move up?" Like I, I hope we're not talking about that. Well, right, listen, it's too early too. It's too it's, early. It's too, but- it's too early, but I, I don't want to say the end of the season because they play the Jets next week, and if he doesn't come out and play well in the first half. I, the leash is not going to be long, man. Like they're what on the road. Well, though, are we judging him or we're judging the team? There's well, a weird dynamic here because their defense, sure. other than today, has been so good. He hadn't had to do shit. And they haven't asked him to do shit. I know. They have, they have made it. He thought the NFL was easy because they have literally simplified it to the point where it was. They're playing the Jets. You just watched Herbert light them up, making yeah. throws all over the place. Are they going to unleash him and let him play? Or are they going to leave the handcuffs on and the trainer wheels on and see what they can get by with? 
figured it'll be, it'll be it has to be a ramp up right you're not you're not opening you don't bench him and then just come back the next you know first series of the next week and just say okay just go, go roll like you got a week to put a game plan together let him fly you drafted his ass fifth you just watched herbert do it the week before you got to, you thought hey if you you literally almost took herbert over him you took Tua instead yeah yeah got it you watched it. he put it on tape today well it, it's gonna that's why i said it's gonna be really interesting to see how how this week goes and what our podcast conversation is next week, next Sunday. I'm judging this him. Time. I'm not judging the Dolphins. I like I think, the Dolphins. I, I agree. Question: I agree. Is the, the, the jury's out on Tua. No, this team was winning without Tua. Period. We didn't like that. That's what that team was doing before he before he started. So they were on a positive tra- trajectory before he before he lined up on her center. All right, let's move on. Jamie, your headline coming out of the week: uh, Rookie running backs reintroduce themselves. Four guys in particular, we just saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, lead all rookie running backs. It was the RB2 this week so far, one game to play with 20.7 points. The Ravens, shockingly, they, they rode J.K. Dobbins. They, they only gave five other total carries to Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram combined, and Dobbins got, nine, or got, got the lion's share of them. Uh, 18.5 fantasy points was a top five running back. Antonio Gibson, another big game. Uh, was the RB8. And even Jonathan Taylor, they used him a lot, a lot like Dobbins. They went, oh, you know, Hines got a little bit of work, but he got six carries. Wilkins got four carries. I believe Jonathan Taylor's final total went up to 22 once it was in overtime and was 19 going into overtime. So that was an encouraging sign. I want to see if the Taylor and Dobbins streak continue another week because they have been a little bit erratic all year in terms of workload. That's really encouraging to see all four of those rookie running backs rank as an RB1 this week so far with the Monday Night Football game still to play. Yeah, that Colts backfield, <laughs> I had, saw many, many jokes on social today just going over, okay, what are you going to get here? But Jonathan Taylor had a good performance, and they took advantage uh, and got enough to get a big victory uh, against the Green Bay Packers. My, my headline is very simple. It's put some respect on Derek Carr's name. I understand that they just lost the Sunday night football game, but they went up with a minute and 38 seconds left, and Chris Collinsworth is – literally word for word says, well, this team, they're getting there. No, they, I don't know what there is. If the threshold is to beat the Super Bowl champs twice in a year, I think that threshold is too high to consider it there. They've already beaten this team. They beat Kansas city in Kansas city and they were up and played with this team toe to toe. Derek Carr made every throw that he needed to, to put himself in a position to win this football game with the exception of the, obviously the interception where he's trying to make something happen with 28 seconds left. Right. But you can't, I, I, I throw nobody's that out. For that. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's falling him. He deserves some respect coming out of this game. And I, Absolutely. I have been a, a Derek Carr fan as far as a human being. And I know he's had his moments of up and ups and downs, but this season has been a lot more up than it's been down. And I think Derek Carr deserves a lot of respect coming out of this game on Sunday night football. I wrote about it for like week four. Mm-hmm. That ball was coming out of his hand different. He's more athletic. He's taking more shots down the field. He was phenomenal on third down. He's been phenomenal in the red zone. He is playing with that Ryan Fitzpatrick childlike freaking just, I love this game and this is so much fun. But he has been phenomenal. And that's continued a hell of a lot more since week four. But it, it has shocked me enough that I was like, hey, I, this, this has to be addressed and talked about now. And you're exactly right, Paige. It's continued. The problem is those rookie receivers, Henry Ruggs is not involved at all. Aguilar is so good and then so bad in the same game. I mean, they literally dropped three major passes down the field. Could have just, but it's this defense is not there yet. I think this offense is there. Derek Carr is yeah. doing this with two rookie receivers, Nelson Aguilar, who's whatever, 
my boy Hunter Renfro, who is just a <laughs> football playing machine, but he ain't really like a whole lot of nothing. And then a superstar and and Darren Waller and a really good offensive line, and Josh Jacobs is a beast. And Booker's playing really well. But this is Derek Carr. He is it's it's because of him. So you're exactly right. I don't think we can all I don't think anybody can talk that you can't talk enough about how good he's playing right now. I, I know 2016 feels like forever ago, especially with the way the last year has gone. But people have to go back and remember the trajectory Derek Carr was on before he breaks his leg against the Colts. He was ascending into being a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And he was coming off of that 2015 season. We threw 32 touchdowns. So basically he was a 4,000 yard, 30 touchdown guy for back-to-back years. He only had six interceptions that year. But then he gets his, I believe it was what, week 16? or wherever it was where he broke his leg against the Colts. And that's his leg or his back? Um, I no, I think his back. No, no, I thought that was like the it's broke, it's broke, it's his broke. His leg. Thing. Yeah. That was leg. the one where like he's, he was mic'd up for it. Yeah. Then yeah, he had the back ugly. injury. Now, then he yeah, had the back had injury the back that came out later. Yeah. yeah. So like he never kind of regained that groove. And to be fair, he was playing timid. Like there were times oh, the last couple of years, I would say maybe not late last year, but there were times in that when, oh, 17, 18, where he was playing timid. Like he did not look like the quarterback pre those back and leg injuries. And he kind of looked like, Ooh, is this going to be how this career goes now? It was like, he was going up and got hurt and went, eh. but he has really bounced back with Gruden. He's had a lot of success this year and like 19 touchdowns, three interceptions this year. I mean, he's been playing at a high level. He, he matched Patrick Mahomes in two games this year. That's the best quarterback in football. It's the best we got out there right now he's been tremendous and he's looking like the player he was a few years ago and unfortunately people don't remember that they only remember the the the, the post injuries Tara Carr. they better remember this because if he gets a few more weapons or those young guys start to emerge next season he's going to be a contender i mean that that divi- that top of that division could be a really exciting dogfight for several years now yeah What's i just piss me off is we're going to listen to people this offseason talk about is Carson Wentz going to the Raiders or Sam Darnold going to the Raiders? Are no. they, the Raiders going to get rid of Derek? No, they ain't getting rid of Derek Carr. Like we told you last year, just because they signed Mariota to have an insurance policy, there was never a competition of who was going to be the starting quarterback. Third straight just, quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, exactly. just out of curiosity, guys, what in the Sam hell have you seen from Carson Wentz that makes you think that freaking John Gruden would want Carson Wentz over over what he's seen from Look, Derek Carr? All the, all the James Winston rumors galaxies. this offseason. You're going to go with Jameis oh, yeah. Winston over Derek Carr? Hell no, you're not. You've no. had Derek Carr for three or four years. You've got him brainwashed everything you want. He's you on the field right now. Yeah, you're not changing great. that. Oh, and by the way, remember we talked about this on the show way, way back when we were talking about player props in the offseason. And I told you his over-under for touchdowns was set at 17 and a half. Oh, year. yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And I said he's going to hit that by, what, November? The latest? <laughs> but that's where we were. Like, at people and the books – in Vegas, yeah, like, the, like not only Vegas books, but Vegas books on the Vegas team were convinced that Derek Carr was going to lose his job to Marcus Mariota, and we were like, "No, have you watched Marcus Mariota play football in the last two to three years? It's not happening. I don't care it's, what the contract they gave him; it's not happening." It's Same like Nate, Nate Peterman. It is comical. It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it it's it's comical. Like I just I, at that point I. I got nothing for you because this, he has gone toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL twice this season, beat him once and yeah, almost beat him, him again. The first time. He That's what I'm saying. Better than him in Kansas city when they beat him. Yeah. Like it's, I don't, I don't know what the expectations are. I think if you're the Raiders and you split with the chiefs every year that Patrick Mahomes is there and you play like you did right now, you're really damn happy. Like, hey, we're sitting here. I'm watching. I'm watching the game with my dad, and you know our history in Kansas City. So it goes. Yeah. We paid attention to Chiefs for a long time. I was like, "When's the last time the Raiders beat the Chiefs twice in the same season?" 
and we're both going mid eighties. Yeah, it'd have been a while. Like we couldn't, we could. It's been a long. I, I'd love to look that up. There's probably one that we've you know forgot about somewhere along the line, nineties or something. But like, it's been a hot minute it's, since they've been twice in the same. You can hang on that. that. that yeah, yeah look, look it up intern, for us, Hank. Yeah, intern Hank, we need you to get that for us and drop it in the chat as we uh, move on to talk about studs and duds. You want to be a stud. You don't want to be a dud. Okay, and that is the theme of this podcast segment brought to you by Manscaped. So, Jamie, take it away. Well, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about Manscaped, but I got this letter in the mail and I thought, you know what, it, it encapsulates the brand and what we want to talk about. So I thought I would just read this on the air if that's okay with you guys. So uh, it's from, it's signed by Linda C in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, Linda writes, and I quote, Dear TDN Fantasy Podcast, I heard your last few shows and I just want to thank you for introducing Hanky Poo to Manscaped. I was thinking about what to get Hanky this holiday season, and now I know I should get him the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. I love hearing that Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer, and the Lawnmower 3.0 has now proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so Hanky doesn't cut his nuts. But what I really love is that the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. Trust me, he needs to put something down there. Anyway, I'm excited to save 20% with free shipping on the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 by using the code TDN at manscaped.com. Oh, and I can't wait to see Hanky Poo and the pair of Manscaped boxers that also come included. Toodles, Linda C. That's, and so I, what a great letter that is. And she's absolutely right. You can save 20% and get free shipping on the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. As Jake likes to say, get a package for your package this holiday season. That's using the code TDN at manscaped.com. Linda C is a happy subscriber and Hanky Poo will be too. And Jamie is now the official goat of all sponsor readings of all time. You know, Linda down at the Rusty Spur, I know she's just so damn happy. Uh, yes, about this Manscaped partnership that we that we got going with TDN, twenty percent off, free shipping. Use code TDN. Uh, we can't promise a Linda, but we can promise twenty percent off. So that's that's what we got going on right now. Be a stud, don't be a dud. All right, Jamie, let's kick things off with your stud performance of the week. What you got? Well, let's talk about a player Jake and I both traded for in recent weeks, and that's Ezekiel Elliott with his first hundred yard game of the season. He's currently the RB four in scoring for the week with nineteen point four fantasy points. Caught a touchdown on uh, catching both of his targets for 11 yards. Looked pretty good here. That Dallas offense with the victory over Minnesota looked a lot better with Andy Dalton. And Jake and I spent a lot of time talking about this on our Friday show about we've really only seen one game. And it was a disaster. It was, I mean, that playing time against Arizona was beyond disgusting to watch. But we only, it was just one game. And we were expecting a lot more. We have a long history of Andy Dalton being a, I think I used the word competent and I insulted Jake by calling him competent uh, quarterback play. And you saw it this week. Amari Cooper was involved. CD Lamb was involved. Ezekiel Elliott was involved. And they go out there and they win this game. And they're only a half game back from winning that awful, awful, horrible, not so good division. So, but Ezekiel Elliott gets a lot of credit. Looked good in this game. They made an effort to get him involved throughout the game. And this looked a lot more like the Elliott that we've become to see. And he's going to be a top five running back this week. I am actively rooting for the Andy Dalton 
led Cowboys to make the postseason. This is now at every, I will never root for anything that is Cowboys, but I'm rooting for Andy Dalton, the individual. And so I can see Skip Bayless videos post game of him doing the most awkward white guy dances I have ever seen in my entire life that I can't, cannot look away from. It's phenomenal. It's spectacular. But Andy Dalton is a just phenomenal human being wanted to him to have success, never wanted Dak to get hurt but excited for him to have an opportunity to potentially play his way into another contract, another, another team giving him a chance after this, maybe he gets a longer term or he stays in Dallas. But I think this is, I'm now actively rooting for this. And we knew that he was more than competent and, and that listen, this was a game that Minnesota absolutely needed and Dallas got a victory on the road. So I, I mean, that's a, a, a huge, huge win for, for that team. Jake, your stud performance of the week. So remember when I told you guys to go running back, running back, running back, because there's <laughs> going to be some really good, good guys in the draft. And T.Y. Hilton's been a disappointment, but Devontae Parker's been okay. Another one of those guys was Tyler Boyd, been really good. The guy I'm going to talk about is Keenan Allen, that you were getting in that fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round. I've got him in two leagues. Let me, let me read this off for you. 34.5 points. 19 targets, 16 catches, 145 yards and a touchdown. And at one point, I thought he was going to break Teal's record for the most catches in a game. But this goes back the entire season. Him and Herbert have something special work. And this, is going to, this isn't coming down. It doesn't matter who they play. He's putting up because he catches it short. He's great after the run. He's going down the field making catches. Just special, special player, man. He has been spectacular. And this is going to be a long time. It's been, what, the last three or four years he's been right there? Yep. It's, it's not going away anytime soon. They got him under contract. He's going to be a stud. Yeah. He's, he's one of the more underappreciated players in the NFL. He's a phenomenal top tier wide receiver. You knew if they decided to make the change and they did earlier than even any of us could have predicted to go to Herbert, this was going to be a positive impact for all of your pass catchers. And it's been a massive win. If you're a Keenan Allen fan, because you were able to get him way later in the drafts. There was a lot of oversight, mostly due to the fact you thought that we weren't going to get Herbert this early and we did right. Things played out. So you've been very, very happy thus far. If you're a Keenan Allen or all right, Doug performances, Jamie. Let's stick with wide receivers. It's Julio Jones uh, was in and out of the game with some, some nagging ailments, two targets, two for 39 and just an overall listless performance by the Atlanta offense. Uh, that I did not see coming. I know the Saints defense has played a little bit better these last few weeks, but uh, Atlanta looked okay on like the first couple drives, and they just had nothing left in the tank. Um, Calvin Ridley had an okay day. Russell Gage had an okay day. Julio Jones was not was a non-factor in this matchup with no Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, I was, you know, he hurt me in our league, in the TDN Premium League. It was a big reason why I'm probably not going to end up winning this week, but he hurt a lot of people out there, and it's just that he has a good matchup again next week. You're still going to throw him out Doesn't there. Doesn't matter. This was really I wouldn't, play him. I wouldn't play him at this point, Jamie. This damn – they're coming off a bye. Yeah. Remember we were just talking about with Joe Mixon? I mean, he had the hamstring. He finally came back. He had a couple of decent weeks. You go into a bye, you should be healthy. There's no way you should be popping or having a little tweak of a hamstring when you got to come out. I would not play him next week. I don't give a damn who they're playing, what the deal is. And if he bites you in the ass, he bites you in the ass. But he's already done it to you a couple of times this year where he actually played, he started, and then he came out with two or three points. I don't care if he's going to give me 20. There's 50 receivers that could give me 20 next week. I wouldn't play him. Yeah, this collective Atlanta offense was a big dud this week. I think you look at that across the board, and there was a lot of expectations for this team playing in a game. They would played pretty well. They were 3-1 and one, uh, in their last four, coming off a bye, playing the Saints. You thought they were going to be hyped up for this game. Not so much. 
not not a great performance from any of your guys in Atlanta, especially Matt Ryan. Those of you who started him, uh, a bad performance for sure. All right, Jake, your dud performance this week. So this is on the player, but it's really more the situation moving forward is T Higgins. So T Higgins ends up with 5.6 points today. It's okay. He had 10 targets, three catches, but this is really moving forward with Joe Burrow's injury. The only guy that I want to piece up on the Cincinnati offense moving forward is Tyler Boyd because he's in the slot and he's going to be able to work. So their offensive line sucks. So whoever's in the slot is going to have the most targets. I could see him almost having a Jamison Crowder role if they want to throw him that much, but that's the only person I want moving forward in the Cincinnati offense, which has been so good and so much fun with Joe Burrow. But T. Higgins, uh, you're you're dud of the week, but you have to be a dud moving forward as much as you've been phenomenal. Yeah, it's definitely one that you look at this week's performance and know that this is what this is going to be like. Obviously, we mentioned it earlier, but you know, terrible news on Joe Burrow. You see him go down and will not, you know, obviously be done for the season and hopeful for, for him to be prepared and ready to rock for his second season was well on his way to winning a rookie of the year award. So, uh, you know, terrible, terrible and terrible for across the board for fantasy owners, um, for any of the pass catching options, but especially, especially T Higgins. All right, guys, let's talk where we were right and where we were wrong. Okay, let's start with wrong and let's end on right. So let's start with a low and with a high. Jake, I'll go to you first. Where were you wrong this week? Uh, I was wrong to believe in this Dolphins team and this Dolphins <laughs> offense led by Tua to go on the road and cover three and a half on a really bad Denver team. They kind of got their ass kicked. I mean, they went to Ryan late, kicked the field goal, like I said, threw the pick to almost tie it late, but they really got beat down. This defense did nothing. The defense didn't show up. It's been keeping them in the game. The other one is the Falcons. I thought uh, Jamie and I both picked the Falcons to win. I thought they'd look a lot better than they did coming out of the bye. Uh, this this Saints defense has really turned it around the last couple of weeks, and they need to start getting some credit for that. But we were dead wrong on that. I think these two teams are in different scenarios, right? Though the Falcons very, were, very we've, we've different. written them off already. Definitely had been playing better football, but was definitely not a, a playoff contender by that any was stretch just more of the of a imagination. Rivalry thing. For like sure. They always play each other good. It's always close. That kind of thing. Matty Ice keeps them together, but they had, they got, it was ugly. More so my question with this is with Miami, right? How much does this loss impact how you view this team, right? Because there was a lot of conversation. Depends on who's playing quarterback. Okay. It's Tua. Right, it's two moving I don't, forward. Then I don't have that. I don't have any faith in them. Okay, they have Jamie? to. They, they were getting special teams touchdowns. Their defense was playing lights out, getting turnovers. They weren't running it. And Tua was doing enough, and he made some red zone touchdowns. This magic was throwing for three fifty and four touchdowns. They were putting forty on people. What the defense wasn't playing like this. If he's out there, I think you have a chance to do that. But unless they're going to take the trainer wheels off and Tua is going to play like a big boy, I'm I'm stepping back. Jamie, I'm going to pull up their schedule really quickly. So hang on a second here. I want you, I want you guys. Yeah. I I want you guys to go through this with me because I thought there was, there was a conversation here happening and I was, I want to be very clear. I was not a part of this conversation. I was not in agreement. Okay. They're, they were starting to put this team with the bills. Right. And there's already this conversation of Tua and Josh Allen, of which is absolutely ludicrous because Josh Allen's been in the league for three years. Okay. Like I I don't MVP candidate. Tua is not in the top 50. But we know. We know how this goes. Nobody can let anything play out. Nobody can let anything play out for more than 15 minutes. No, and nobody apparently watches the football games because the Miami Dolphins were winning the games not because of Tua, but that's as we've as we've discussed already. Okay, this is this is what their schedule looks like. Now, the the game against the Bengals obviously looked a lot tougher than than it is now. So the next two games are are good matchups for them. They play the Jets on the road and they play the Bengals. So you think they're going to win both those games? They better win. Yeah. Okay. So then they play the Chiefs. Well, that's 
a Big loss. Time loss. They play the Patriots. We already told you Boy, what yeah. to think about it by Boy, not answering that, that, that long. That's, yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. They probably beat them, but it's going to be close. Then they play the and Raiders. Look, here's the thing. If two is playing quarterback and you're playing Belichick, I, that defense better play really, really good and not play like they played yeah. today. For sure. For sure. They play so they play the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Raiders, and then the Bills. Those are their final four. Do you they're see a win? Three, they're losing three or four. Maybe okay. maybe all four. Yeah. So it's it's a gonna be it's gonna be a tough stretch here. I'm not I'm not meaning to pile on to Miami, but I think the the expectations should have been and were going into the season for this team to take a step forward, and they have. And that would be an eight and eight. Okay, we're almost there, nine and seven, which I think you're going to achieve. But this last few games has given you a lens that is out of control, which is we're going to overtake the Bills and we're going to win no. the division. You're not Look, there. They're a year away. And they were yes. a year away a week ago. They were a year away exactly. two weeks ago. They were a year away four weeks ago. This is just this is the big picture. Look, now a year away could mean, especially with seven teams making it, that you sneak into a wild card spot. Exactly. But this team is 100%. a year away from being a true AFC, not necessarily a Super Bowl contender yet, but a true contender to make some noise in the postseason. When they, they're going to add two more first-round picks to this roster next year, one of them might be in the top 10. I mean, you're going to start to add a bunch of talent in there. They're a year away. And it was exciting to see what they could look like. It was exciting to see how that defense was coming together and playing well and the other elements of it. And it was encouraging to see that because you expect, in theory, that Tua will get better and he will start to improve over the course of this season and into next season. And that if those other elements are coming together on the other parts of the, of the, other parts of the team – they're going to start to make that rise in what is going to be probably a winnable division next year. If Josh Allen doesn't continue to play at this high level, then it's still going to be the Bills division. Although I have concerns. I have to see Tua have a 340 yard, three touchdown game. I agree. He makes some shit. He, not them, he makes some shit happen. If I don't see that by the end of this year, I have big time question marks moving with them forward because he has to be dynamic. He has to be Justin Herbert. For them to be able to do what you're talking about next year to overcome Josh Allen, you have to play that good or better at the quarterback position. This defense could be dynamic. They'll fix the running game. They'll add more weapons on the outside. They'll add another offensive lineman to this good young offensive line they have now. If he is not dynamic and we don't see that, but he has two weeks, the next two weeks, go back to what you said, Jamie. Are, are they going to take the training wheels off? They better. They, have they to. better have enough faith in this defense. Or now. take him out. <laughs> like, this is why this is why I don't think I it's a guarantee he starts, yeah. but I think you have to start him the next two weeks, but I think you have to open it up. I also need to see something other than RPOs and the same shit he ran in Alabama with one read. Yes. Don't, don't give me the gimmicky stuff that you think you can go score with. Take the training wheels off and let him play quarterback. Throw 50 times if you need to. And if he throws a couple picks, fine. Your defense should be good enough against the freaking Bengals without Joe Burrow and the Jets. Yes, and regardless of what happens, like there's this interesting dynamic, and I know this is not the be-all, end-all, but there's, there are certain indicators that you look at for division teams that can win their division. He's going to walk in next year as, the at best, the third-best quarterback in the division. Now, yep. not, so it, it's just something to consider when we start talking about long-term aspects of this team. Now, look, I don't, the Jets aren't going to be a playoff contender next year. I don't care if Trevor Lawrence has the greatest rookie season of all time. But... <laughs> He's going to walk in most likely as the third best quarterback in that division. And you start talking about long-term Buffalo's got a young quarterback. The, the jets we presume are going to continue to be this bad. And they're going to have the best quarterback prospect we have seen in some time, whether he actually ends up being as good as Herbert or burrow early in his career. We don't know yet, but in terms of a prospect value, the best one we've seen in some time, it, it makes things interesting, but I, I, I'm with you, Jake. I, I want to see more from him. 
Like I, I want to see, and look, it's okay that he's struggling if he responds and we start to see growth. It's if he doesn't, if he starts to wilt, if he starts to make the same mistakes over and over again is when you start to get concerned because teams we're now are talking about them being patient. a division contender. I need to see more than growth. I need to see him do it. I need to see him be that dude before yeah. I'm talking about them. And I got to see it this season. Listen, it's a decent team. Yes. I, I, I don't Justin need, Herbert in his third yeah. start did it to the Bucks. Thank you. That's yeah. it. That's exactly right. I don't need to wait. You chose Tua over Justin Herbert, period. You better show me that that decision was smart because otherwise I'm calling you a moron for doing it because I'm watching Justin Herbert do it every week, week in, week out, was not the guy, was thrown in there, like everything. And oh, by the way, Anthony Lynn making atrocious coaching decisions because if he was playing with Miami, if Brian Flores was coaching that Chargers team, I would love to see what that Chargers team looks like. I would love to see what that team looks like. And I like Anthony, but this is, you're watching game in and game out where, where Herbert puts up 350 and three touchdowns like it's nothing. Every week. Every yeah. week. That's, what, that's his average. That's what he's doing every single week. So if By you're a way, Dolphins fan, you no want to see game. it. it uh, no, running, no healthy running backs. Yep. Yes. So... I want to see if I, as a football fan, I'm sitting back and I'm going, okay, you told me Tua was the dude, so show it to me. Because the next two weeks, if you can't do it then, I don't want to hear about how you needed to wait. Being no, you a didn't. conservative, okay player is not good enough for what we're talking about right now. No. It's good enough for maybe for them to win some games. I need to be that dude. Before you start talking about the NFL is easy, give me one for 380 and four touchdowns. Target, target's on your back now, man. Like now, now, now everybody's paying attention. So it'll be interesting uh, to see how this continues uh, along. Jamie, what were you wrong on this week? Uh, the Patriots rushing attack. Uh, I was baffled. Uh, and I'm not usually baffled by a game plan from the Patriots. I was baffled by this game plan. They came out and did everything right. They gave Damian Harris five carries on the opening drive. He rewarded him with a touchdown. Looked really good. They were carving it up. He then, after getting his five carries and a touchdown on the opening drive, was handed the ball six times for the rest of the game. With Rex Burkhead out on injury. Yeah, with Burkhead, looks like he's going to be out for the year against the worst rushing defense in the NFL. And, and a game Cam that was always close. And you lose. I don't get it. New England had 86 rushing yards against the worst rush defense in the NFL. I just gave up 234 to Cleveland the week before. I, I, I do not understand this. This worked for them on the opening drive. It's worked for every team against Houston. I, I don't understand what happened here. Uh, it blows my mind. Uh, I... And again, Patriots one of my locks of the week. I thought they would run it down their throats. And on that opening drive, I'm like, yep, that's exactly what I expected. This is going to be easy. And then they just completely abandoned it. And all it's you interesting. did was allow a hot Deshaun Watson to come kick your ass because you didn't run it. And you threw yep. it so much with Cam and Deshaun Watson outdoed him. You know what I find interesting, guys, is the last few seasons, Josh McDaniels has been the hot coaching candidate. Not anymore. Well, not, not, a, not a whole lot of people calling up for Josh McDaniels after these offensive game plans that you've seen and, and some of the things that haven't been taken advantage of. So it'll be just hey, interesting. You know, you know how the, you do when you get athlete's foot? They got spray for that. You know what Tom Brady was for this offense, Josh McDaniels? Tenactin. Fact and tenactin. Write, write that one down, Hank. I want that one in my quotes for the week. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Oh, tough act and tenactin by Jake Arians. <laughs> With yeah, a picture, I need a freaking graphic with Tom Brady's face. We got Jake's face. face. Oh, I said you're yeah, Photoshop Tom Jake's and face Jake. over John Madden. <laughs> On the Tenactin bottle. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. All right. What were we right on? Let's end with the good stuff. Uh, Jake, I'll let you go first. What were you right on this week? 
Well, I, I was I picked Minnesota to win by a couple, but I, I thought Dallas would really keep a close game, and I loved the over, which they went way over in that one as that shootout went back and forth. And the other one, I'm going to keep uh, popping my collar on this one because if yes. it happens, don't think it's I'm not going to tweet this eight times a day. <laughs> the Ravens on the outside looking in on the playoff picture right now. They're not slotted there anymore. They play the 10-0 Steelers in a couple days on Thanksgiving. They lose that one, they ain't getting in. And somebody told you that before the season started, and we have it on video. Old takes my ass. No, I'll be hot taking the shit out of that every day for the rest of my life if it happens. Listen, you deserve to come on the podcast for every day after the podcast for the next, you know, until next season starts, you can bring it up every podcast as far as I'm concerned, because it was, it was a, they were up at the top of the Super Bowl rankings for odds everywhere. They were up yep. at the top to win this division. Lamar Jackson was up at the top. Listen, they, this was not a, this was not a, hey, there were a few people going Jake's way. This was everybody was no, one way. Was, <laughs> and and in all seriousness, it was out there to make that statement. But I backed it up by saying that the rest of it was if they have the right injuries in the right places, if these defenses catch up to what Lamar did a year ago, Hayden Hurst is gone. You don't have the weapons. Like there's a way, there's a path that they don't make the playoffs. And that path is wide ass open like the Yellow Brick Road right now. They're heading down it to non-playoff land. There's been, there's, you know, we, we discuss a lot of things in depth and we get things right. We get things wrong because we talk about so much. But our read on the AFC North as a collective this year has been pretty damn accurate. We've got a lot of things mm-hmm. wrong. Like don't let me, don't make me pick a primetime game ever again for the rest of my freaking life. But on this we were right of like the Steelers are going to compete. Remember I said one of my favorite like plus odds bets in the division with the Steelers plus, I believe it was like plus 220 or 225 to win the North. Yep. Like, that, that's, that's disrespectful. Like I could understand the Ravens being favorites and they probably should have been favorites in the preseason based on what we knew, but not like that. Uh, it should have been much closer. We said the Steelers were going to compete and Ben was going to compete. The Browns were going to be more improved and take advantage of a rough schedule. And Joe Burrow was going to catch enough teams to at least make them, uh, and, and again, obviously they're not going to happen the last few games of the year, but to at least make put them in contention to not be a number one overall pick team, which is where we, we were kind of heading with them. This, I, I'm, of course, I expected the Ravens to make the playoffs, and I still do because of the final five games that they have on their schedule, where they should they have four easy wins, and, and I think at this point, Maybe. if you go tip, well, in theory, uh, you have four easy wins. The Titans got the shit kicked out of them by the Bengals. Yeah, but if Joey B but, was but playing different, Ryan story. Finley ain't beating yeah. anybody. Yeah, I, I'm not saying the Bengals are beating them. I'm just giving you an example that the Bengals sure, beat I mean, the yeah. shit out of the Titans team that whooped up on the Ravens today, took them to overtime, and smashed them in the mouth. Yeah. It can happen. They're not like, that good. There's a no, reason they're, they're heading to non-playoffville. But nothing's, it, 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 nothing's gonna be easy down the stretch. No, but they've got. It's interesting. But some of these games are a little bit more interesting now than they were before. But this. They Boy, still I mean, guys, I'm just saying like right now they're not in the playoff picture. So it's fun to go. Okay. I was right. No, they're but not. they're, they're in a bad spot because if they, they lose to Pittsburgh on Thursday in Pittsburgh for the second time, the entire year, season comes down to Thursday right now. That's three in a row and four or five. Yeah. I mean, they, they were, they, if that happens, that's one in four in the month of November. That's, that's bad news. That's but bad news for anybody. serious flaws that any decent team could take advantage of right now. They don't, well, throw and, it very okay. well. they don't run it very well. Their defense is way overrated. They're giving up big plays. And that's the thing throat. too. That's the thing too. Of like now, we we the focus has shifted so much to Paige's point. You know, in the preseason, it was like, oh, they're going to win fourteen games. They're going to win the division. All the other stuff. Now the focus is is like, I look at this team. Even if they get in at this point, 
I mean, right now they're going to play. I mean, there's a good chance they're, they're playing KC or Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, um, that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't I, even matter. It you're going to be one and done again. And then we're going to have to have this conversation. It's not all Lamar Jackson. And I'm not saying that. But when you're as touted as he is, and you're as talented as he is, if you go three straight years of one and done, there's got there's got to be some conversation to be had about what's going on. And it's not just him. This I I I think Greg Roman's coached himself out of a head coaching job next year with with, with the way this offense you is working. You don't deserve one from one good year anyway. I same <laughs> that bullshit. We'll get into that in January. We talk about half these morons there. Agreed. But there was a really good article that we had on draftnetwork.com looking at some of the things that happened with Greg Roman in San Francisco and the changes he made there. And then the league caught up to him and he tried to address back and broke everything. And we're on that. Like Ben Solak wrote that article and he laid that out and I'm looking at, I'm reading it. I'm going, boy, this feels like we're on that turn of it's getting broken. Now, now that they figured you out that would all, those were all the tricks you had and you showed them and it didn't get the job done last year. And now you're trying to figure things out with, I mean, that receiving core that's subpar, a tight end group that's subpar. I know Mark Andrews puts up a lot of fantasy numbers, but overall from a football perspective with Nick Boyle out and Hayden Hurst gone, it's a subpar tight end group. Maybe now you'll lean on J.K. Dobbins a little bit, but you were trying to you were running an erratic running game. Your offensive line is in shambles right now. All of a sudden, like this team is a lot of flaws, and if they're one and done again, which I think is the most likely scenario for them right now for me is wild card one and done. Right? I mean, that's the most likely. What if they don't even get there? What if I'm right and they don't get there? Isn't it's, that worse? Isn't that it's, worse? If they yeah, don't make it, they don't make it. Colin Cowherd is going to feed it. Well, that's a while. They're literally where everybody 14 and 1, 14 to 15 and 1, undefeated, 13 and 3 at worst. They're running off this division. Not this show. But like, if, if they don't make it, with all that being. Listen, it's not all Lamar lot. Jackson, but guys, answer me no. this question. When was the last time somebody won a Super Bowl with a running quarterback? I'll wait. Never. It's exactly. it, it, listen. It's a it's it's a legitimate question because there's enough sample size to look at what has happened and go. These are the themes and the tendencies that you can lean on, and these are the things that happen, and these are the things that catch up to people, and this is how defenses adjust. And we're seeing all those things. We're seeing all of it. And if it's a third year, we're not talking about the first year. This is a third year now where they can't get it done. They can't win a playoff game. That's not getting to the Super Bowl. That's you can't even win a playoff. You're not winning. You're not getting to the AFC championship game. You're not getting to the Super Bowl. You're not, period. He's not beating Patrick Mahomes, guys. That's the point. Like, you're not they, that they threshold. They cannot come That's from the behind. I mean, no, let's talk they about can't. What, what, happened, what happened in year one. They beat a team in the regular season. That team made adjustments, kicked their ass in the playoffs. Yes. Last year, they get trucked. In the playoffs after going 14 and two. Yeah. I mean, literally trucked Derek Truck. Henry trucked them in the playoffs <laughs> when it came time to play big boy football. What's happening this year? Everything is adjusted. They don't have to, it's not all on Lamar. It's not all on Lamar at all. They don't have the weapons. This team is not as good as everybody thought they were going to be in the preseason. And there were <laughs> holes that were right there to look at. If you really broke it down and don't just buy the hype of last year and know how this league works, that we find ourselves here. And one of the big ones Jamie just pointed on. Was I said Marshall Yonder was going to be a giant loss? Mm-hmm. It is, but now they have offensive line injuries to go with that. And you lost your left tackle, you gave $100 million to, and you moved your right tackle, left tackle was probably not ready for that yet. That's a big freaking deal. It's a, it is a big, it is a big deal. And this is going to be a headline that I envision makes the podcast from here all the way out to the postseason because there's going to be this, this team had a lot of hype coming in and it's been all over the place thus far. All right, Jamie, what were you right about? 
Steelers wide receivers and that Jake Lutton would not be ready for this defense. Four interceptions for Jake Lutton. Uh, they get a field goal on their opening drive and everybody freaked out. And then they just got absolutely boat raced from that point on. Uh, Chase Claypool, shout out. Uh, the first wide receiver since 1960. 1960 to have 10 touchdowns in his first 10 career games. Uh, Deontay Johnson, who I to continues to not get enough love. Uh, I'll just continue to bring him up on this podcast every single week. 16 targets, 12 for 111 is the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh period. End of story. No debate, no discussion. Uh, when he is healthy, he has been, when he's been healthy, the last five or six healthy games, uh, excluding that one Ravens game where he was a little bit banged up and was, was only had one catch. He's averaging almost a hundred yards a game. Like he is playing he's Antonio a, Brown on that offense. Yeah. Yes. He was, he's phenomenal. That's, that, Needs that's more love. Ceiling. And we yeah, said absolutely. all of them would play well. I mean, Juju didn't have a great game four for 19 hurt his foot, but Claypool and, and Johnson and Ebron and all those guys were just were dominant in this game. Like we all expected. It's uh listen, the, the train is rolling. I don't think any of us saw to, to collectively go off of what Jake was alluding to earlier. This, this whole podcast thought the Steelers were going to look good. I don't think any of us saw this coming right. Undefeated no, where I they are win the division. But yeah, but I, but, I, nobody, nobody picked him to be 10 and 0 no, right now. No, but to, to Ben uh, Roethlisberger said earlier, like we're not chasing perfection. We're chasing Lombardi's. And I think that's the point, right? Like this team has a lot of pedigree. They got a quarterback that done it. That's done it before. They got a head coach that's done it before. And they got a defense that can play with anybody. They got a lot of offensive weapons. And that's why this team should have been on everybody's radar. And for whatever reason, People didn't want to believe in Ben, and I, I you got to stop writing off you. the old guys, man. You got, you got to stop. Phil Brillers look damn good today. Tom Brady's look damn good this year. You've, you've had great moments, obviously, and Ben, and Ben's been phenomenal this season. Like you got to stop writing off these guys who have been there and done that and competed nonstop. So it's they don't, they're not going to go away. None of them. I, I can assure you of that. All right, Monday Night Football preview. We got a big one. The LA Rams going on the road to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs are a four-point favorite. Before we make a pick, I want you guys to talk about this game in general. How do you see this one playing out? Jake, I'd say on your from your perspective, talking to Bucs fans, what do you want to see the Bucs do to get it done in this game? Because I think you've obviously had the ups and downs in the primetime games, and this is another opportunity to, to show that this team – can not only win, but win in a, on, on the big stage against, you know, pretty boy McVay and all that comes along with that. So, so what's going to happen in this one? Don't beat yourselves. You don't beat yourselves. You win this game and you win it in prime time. And everybody gets to see it. This is basically a playoff game. Both mm -hmm. these teams are going to be in the playoffs, but you give yourself a better seed. And if you win this game, you're pretty much locked in regardless what happens next week with Kansas city, you have a bye, and then you finish with Minnesota, Detroit, Atlanta, Atlanta. Okay, so you would go three and one if something bad happens, but you should go four and zero to finish the season and be hot, 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 hot. This offense should be looking right by the time they get to the playoffs. This it all starts in this game. You haven't played very well in primetime. It hasn't been as bad as everybody thinks. They think that Saints game was the one like you played that bad in primetime. You you played bad against the Bears, but you were really banged up, and the Bears were playing really good at that time. The Giants team's not getting enough credit, and you figured out a way to win that game in primetime. But you haven't looked good, so I think they need to look good. The weird thing with this game is. The Rams are getting all this love because they beat Seattle's ass. But they're 4-0 against the AFC least worst freaking division in the history of the world. And then the Bucs have that game against the Saints in everybody's mind. 
And the Rams have the game against the, the Dolphins where they just got trucked with five turnovers on punt return for a touchdown and two his first start. He had to throw for 100 yards and they lose by, well, they're coming back, but they were down by 25. Yeah. Throw those two games out. The Bucs are a better team. They've shown more throughout the season. The Rams have shown inconsistency and they've beaten really bad teams and haven't stepped up to a level like this yet other than that, that, Seattle, that Seattle game last week. And Seattle had been playing awful at that point. So, I mean, at, at this point, I think the better team needs to show up at home don't beat themselves and you win this game. I don't give a damn if they win by one. If they play okay and they win this game, if you're a Bucks fan, you don't give a shit how it happens. I would personally <laughs> like to see them not beat themselves and just play solid and win a good game. Yeah, absolutely. Jamie, make an official pick for this game. How do you see this one playing out and do you see the Bucks covering for? So I have some good news for Bucks fans. <laughs> I've lost the first two primetime games and I'm legally obligated to go one for three every week. Let's so go. Here we go. I feel good about my Bucks pick to cover four. <laughs> Here's what look look. This game starts and ends with defense. Both of these teams are playing at a high level defensively right now, both in the running game and the passing game. You don't run on the box, and I think that's going to be the biggest difference to me. If you're not able to run on Tampa Bay, which nobody's been able to do for two years now, and you're going to rely on Jared Goff to win you the football game, that is where you can lose because we have seen far more poor Jared Goff performances when the game's been on the line and he needs to be the one to make the play than we've seen good games. And to me, if I, if I want to, and it's way more complicated than this, but simplistically, if I want to say the defenses are a wash, I'm going to trust one of these two quarterbacks to win me a game. I've got Tom Brady at home or I've got Jared Goff on the road. It's, that's not a hard choice for me. I do think it's going to be a close game because both these defenses play extremely well. Uh, this may not be the most aesthetically pleasing game that anybody has ever seen. If you're, if you're a big offense person, I still think there'll be plenty of, uh, you know, offensive show or, or fireworks in this game, but this is going to be a really, really solid football game. But in the end, I'm going to lead with Tom Brady here at home to be the one that has to win the game versus Jared Goff, who I think could make the game losing sack or game losing interception uh, that ends up killing the Rams day. I will say there's one other point I want to make because there's the Rams are playing really good. You got Aaron Donald who's played great. AQ Shipley's actually played really good against him on the inside on the offensive lines he's been on in all those years in Arizona. The Rams corners are both playing phenomenal. It's not just Jalen Ramsey. The kid from UAB is playing his ass off mm-hmm. as well. The only problem with that is the Bucks have three superstars. So it's either going to be AB or Chris Godwin's making big plays. And then, oh, yeah, somebody's got to cover Gronk or cover the running back out of the backfield. So while those corners are phenomenal, Mike Evans, they move them around, whatever happens. It's still going to be hard to, if they if they don't beat themselves and do something stupid or if Tom's not getting too much pressure, you still got to cover that one other guy. So I, I don't know if it's going to be A.B. or Chris Godwin, but I think one of those guys is going to go off because you can't cover all of them. You saw Jalen Ramsey say that Antonio Brown's the one of the best, if not the best wide receiver he's ever covered. I want those two on each other. I want those two talking. I want those two going at it. Perfect, because be then you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. That's exactly right. Else. That's exactly right. But I think, listen, AB's gotten the best of Jalen before. So I think that's the yes, point. Like, I, I, like this is, this seems like that opportunity for AB to rise to the occasion. And he tends to do that. You got the, mm-hmm. the really good talent on the other side in Jalen Ramsey. You know, Jalen's going to be talking, you know, AB going to be talking back. I think that's, that's where that could be a, a very, very interesting uh, play game within the game that happens between those two that they respect each other a lot. But with that, there comes a lot of competitiveness and that fire that I, that I hope to see on Monday night football. All right. Final thoughts here, guys, Jamie, I'll let you go first. Yeah. I wanted to spell a narrative because there's a narrative going around and you know how much I love when, when some, when this stupid shit goes around me just trashing it. So I want to hear your guys' take on this as well, because the, obviously the NFC East is so horribly, terribly, awfully bad. 
there's a narrative going around that you would rather be the five seed than the two seed or the three seed, the NFC. That is the most ridiculous line of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. I don't understand why people view a playoff lens through the first game of the playoffs. It makes no sense to me. I understand the two seed doesn't get to buy anymore, but you would rather play on the road in Philadelphia. Oh, and then by the way, have to go on the road again, each of the next two weeks on your path to the Super Bowl. Or if you're the two seed, you're going to play the worst wildcard team at home. You're going to play your division around game at home. And depending on what happens with the one seed, you might play the championship game at home. And if you're in the Bucks case, you could play all four of those football games at home if you made the Super Bowl. But you're saying you would rather go on the road three times to get the Super Bowl just so you get a better matchup on wild card weekend? Stop. Stop. It's ridiculous, but people buy that because they think I just like you're looking at the one lens. I would rather play Philadelphia than Arizona or Philadelphia than the Rams. Okay, that's logical. But what about the rest of the postseason? Is your goal just to win one game and then pack your bags and go home? Like, are you the Dallas Cowboys from like five years ago? Well, you're just trying to get one playoff win so you can say you did it and then leave like it makes no sense to me. And I hate it. And it's, it, I know right now the big conversation is around mostly because the Bucks are sitting in that spot right now, but we saw it with the Saints. We saw it with the Rams. We've seen it with the Seahawks. I'm like, oh, maybe the five seed isn't. No, the thing that you would never in any scenario want the, the five seed over the two seed, period, end of story. Like, it's ridiculous. The narrative sucks. So, Stop it. Go away. You're exactly right. I'll give you two examples. 2005, the Steelers go 10 and six. They're the last team in the playoffs. They get hot. They go on the road, they make the Super Bowl, they win the Super Bowl. They're the first team to ever do it. The Giants did it a few years later. Fast forward three years, 2008, they're the two seed. They're freaking spectacular. They get a home by, like, there's no question. I, and I'm talking about the Bucks right now. I mean, it looks like they're going to be the five seed, so that's fine. They have the ability to do that. But to go on the road three, week, three weeks in a row, it just adds another level of difficulty to get it done. Like, unless somebody beats the Saints twice because they now lose the tiebreaker to them. I mean, the Saints go 14-2, and two and the Bucs are 13-3, and three and the Bucs are still the five seed. Yeah. I, so, I mean, that's what you're looking at. But there's no way in hell that that's what you would rather do because, you, yeah. because by the way, they didn't go all in to win the freaking the wild card weekend in the Eagles no. lose in, in the week two. They went all in to win the damn Super Bowl at home and Raymond James. Exactly. And that's the thing. If, if you end up as the – if you're a team that ends up as the five seed, you can say, okay – we got to, we, we may, may have, and again, these teams with losing records of the four seed have the stupidly good record in the postseason. Like they've, they've won in recent memory. So every time we, that, that under 500 Seattle team, they won the other, what, what forgot the other team was that was under 500 as well. Like I think the last two teams that were under 500 and won their division, won their playoff game on wildcard weekend anyway, but even take that out because whoever wins that's going to be terrible. If you end up as the five seed and that's the result, you can say, okay, well, it's not as bad as it could have been. That isn't the goal. No. Like that is, shouldn't be like, and the, the odds are that like, if you're saying that to like justify like, oh, okay, well I can live with it. That's one thing to say. That's your preference. No, that stop. your team shouldn't win more games because you would rather have the five seed. I, I'm seeing like respected journalists write about this, about why well, it's better to be the five seed than the two or three seed. And it's not just one or two of them. I've seen a lot of this lately. We don't it's even not, know. You don't even know what team. Okay. You don't even know what team is going to end up there. I don't care. Like that's what I'm saying. You don't even know what team is going to end up being there from the NFC. That's it's, that's just stupid. I, 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 if you 
write about that. I, I assume that you never played sports because you start writing about stuff that you talk about, like losing and and not do. And you're Jamie's looking at talking about guys who have covered this league for a long time. Yeah, something's wrong. Yeah, yeah something's wrong. Like I, I, I just I don't get it. I, I mean, I've seen, it. I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter. I mean, it's it's happening a lot. And I saw yeah. a smattering of it a couple of weeks ago, and I and I brush it off. I know everybody's looking for content ideas. I get it. Trust me, I spend my entire week for the Draft Network coming, helping, working <laughs> with our team to come up with a ton of content ideas. But this just narrative is. It's one thing to explore what that would look like, but to flat out say you're better off is ridiculous. No. It, it, it just it, it's so anti-intellectual and anti-competitive. I just I don't understand. Like I just I short-sighted. Don't you're you're looking at one game, but versus... that's all they talk about. It's yeah, the you want to go? Argument. You think it's easier to go to Philly, to Green Bay, to New Orleans than play no. three home games? That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> the only the entire argument stops because they go, you want to play Philly. And they, they, there's not a second of thought put into anything after that. Is the goal to win the Super Bowl or is the goal to win on wild card weekend? Did, 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 the, did the bars get changed in what a successful NFL team looks like at the end of the year? Do they start giving out trophies now? Maybe they will in Baltimore, but other places, do they give out trophies for winning a one playoff game? Are we sure we play in Philly too? Like, are we sure no. we play in Philly? No, like, that's the, the other part of this. Like, like, are we sure we play Dallas in Philly? Dallas didn't look that bad. Like, New York back in the mix. Daytime's, Washington ain't that bad. Yeah, I mean, that's like, Come on now. Like it is. Like, we don't that, even know that, what we're getting. That division is completely up for grabs. People aren't going to want to watch it, but Washington Dallas is must see TV as that yes. middle game on Thanksgiving. That is the perfect, like, you're already starting to grab bites of the spiral ham. Like, that's the one where it's like, it's not ready yet, and you're told not to touch it and don't go in the kitchen, but you do it anyway. And that's the game for this because this is, has huge implications. God, I, I hate both of you because it's like right? literally my nightmare. Like I'm cooking and people are just like, come, and I'm just like, leave the kitchen. And it's always my brother and my dad and Jordan and they're walking in and I'm like, no, just leave the food alone. See, and the two of you are both like, yes, you're too nice yes, this is great. My grandmother or wooden spoon. My grandmother would announce just at the top of her lungs that the kitchen is off limits. There was a certain period of time, like just before things were ready, where it I love was, your grandmother. Do not walk in this room. Like just do, if your footsteps on that tile, it's going to be a problem. You're not going to get a wooden spoon or a flash water. Or worse, like you have to get your plate last or something. It's like horrible because oh, whatever see. the bruise will heal. Now we're I don't want to go hungry for an extra the hour. Bruise will heal. <laughs> the bruise will I, I, heal. So, I don't want to go hungry. We stayed away. But like that's the time where like if you can sneak some like that's again that's what th- so it's a three thirty it's a four thirty Eastern so depending yeah. on you know what part of the country and when you when you if you're like a, a mid afternoon dinner eater on Thanksgiving or a late night like I know everybody's kind of got different traditions and this year's obviously everything's up in the air but uh, that's gonna be a fun game like for playoff implications I think it's gonna be a lot more exciting now with Alex Smith playing at a higher level than what we made the thought of a few weeks ago Andy Dalton coming back with a bounce back game. Gibson and Elliott are both running at, an, at a pretty damn good level right now. This is for two teams that have the records that these two teams have. I'm actually excited for this game. Way more excited than the first game, which is Houston, Detroit. Like way yeah, more. Excited. No, thanks. Um, I'll watch because I can't help myself, but I'm not looking forward to that game. Jake, your final thoughts on today's pod. I would be remiss if we finish this show without talking about Taysom Hill. He showed up guys. Yeah. He showed up, he played quarterback, the quarterback position, not like Wildcat, not like Swiss Army Knife. Like he played the quarterback position pretty damn well. I was impressed. He made some throws. He made some throws on the run. He made some throws from the pocket. He made throws on time. He made some runs. He was pretty freaking dynamic. So I ask you guys this, 
should we be playing a happy trail song for Drew Brees and the salary cap future that is the Saints because they have no choice at this point than but to move on? Is Taysom Hill going to be the quarterback for them next year? I think he is. I think I saw enough. To, I think he's going to get better the next two weeks, but I think I saw enough today. They have to go that way. They have $25 million in yeah. dead space, but they got to move on. Let's, and they're going to so have to when, when Breeze retires. Like, I don't think they have a choice. Like, they can't they're $200 million over the cap right now, Paige. Yeah, they can't bring With in the Quan Alexander else. signing, they are $200 million over the cap right now. Okay, so here's my thing. They played the Falcons defense. So show me this against show me Taysom Hill with Taysom a little I didn't, I didn't I see enough to choice. think that he's great. I'm just saying he's he played the quarterback position well. I'm giving him his props and I'm asking yeah, the yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. So valid point. Valid point. But he plays he plays the Falcons again two weeks from now before Drew comes back. They only got so one they go, tough game left. In Denver, so, I think, next week. They play Denver on the road, which I know doesn't sound like it's a, a terrible matchup but it's also not atlanta like it's a no, little bit more you're playing not. outside there's probably going to be weather that ha- that factors into this game denver's got some playmakers on that defense still will be in- but at least semi-interesting if Taysom does this stuff again right i think you're totally right we have to give him his props right and more so this is an opportunity for me to remind all the Jameis stands that Taysom hill is the backup quarterback as as was displayed this, the Thank whole you very dynamic much. of everything in this world is so out. It's ridiculous at this point. Look, Jamie and I talked about it the other night for a while. Like we didn't know what to expect. I thought it was must see TV. For, for a while, sure. it was kind of boring at times. It was boring because he played well. I was impressed, and I said the other night, I think he'll get better through the next couple of weeks. He'd, he'd probably be a little bit slow today. I was impressed enough to be like, okay, dude looks like a freaking quarterback. He didn't look like a college quarterback playing quarterback, which I saw a bunch of stuff tweeted. I saw some shit on Slack channels about stuff like that. That was not the case. Yeah, yep. and th- this is the also expectations are important because the bar for what he needs to accomplish in order to be the starting quarterback for the Saints next year is lower than for most teams, considering their cap situation, what it's going to be like when Breeze retires, the fact that they're not really going to be able to bring in any legitimate competition for him. They might be able to sign somebody late as a, a veteran on, on a minimum deal. They might bring in a rookie, but nobody that's going to take the job from him next year. So he just needs to not be awful. And he was more than not awful today. Now, watching him try to throw a deep ball was an unbelievably awful. painful experience. Yeah. And I awful. never want to see it again. But this offense has been predicated on not throwing a deep ball for three years now. So that shouldn't be or much eight. of a change. Fair. So, I mean, it's, again, is, is Taysom Hill one of the 30 best quarterbacks in the league? No. But is he, did he show enough to make you think that given the, the other circumstances of team building that this team's going to have to deal with next year, that – they can get by with him. I think so. I think we've seen so, we seem to see more of it. We need to see games two and three of this minimum, and then we'll see what happens if Breeze is back in weeks 14, 15, 16, or ever. Um, but it's just one of those things where we're not. I think we need to on. appreciate Drew Breeze yes. when he comes back because I think he's finishing his career this year. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that was happening regardless. I think that's definitely happening now. Yeah, that's a serious injury. I think it's eight ribs, right? It's come out like it's like it's. Okay, first of all, I'm I'm here with my best friend who's who's a doctor, and I'm like, okay, you looked at the X-rays and you gave us eight total, and then all of a sudden a day later it was eleven. It was eight on one side, three on the. How the hell you missed three broken ribs on an X-ray? And the answer from my doctor goes, you don't. Interesting. In other yeah. words, we broke a bunch of ribs, and we all want to count it and make this like whatever. Yeah. Like it sucks. We, the collapse lung. We all talked about tough it is, but come on with that bullshit. Uh, I 
I think we can safely say that this is going to be Drew Brees' last year. And I hope for his sake that he gets to come back and plays and we get to see him in all his glory. And there's hopefully some playoff magic that happens because it's deserving for him. And it's don't, don't bring up playoff magic in the Saints. It yeah, I know. For them. Oh, I know. <laughs> Trust me. I've been I've been reminding Saints fans that have been talking uh, about their playoff lack thereof magic uh, in the last few years. My final thoughts are I posted an awesome giveaway for uh, the the participating in uh, what's going on with the Arians Family Foundation, and I was blown away. Not all of you did what you were supposed to do. You didn't all follow the directions, but at the end of the day, you donated money to the Arians Family Foundation, and a lot of you donated way more money than was the bare minimum, which was $10. I think there was only like five people that did that, and everybody else donated more. Um, shout out to Kenny Barrett, who was the winner of the tickets. He's a big follower of the podcast. Him and his girlfriend are going to be at the podcast on Mon- uh, or at the, at the game on Monday night, so enjoy the game. Uh, shout out to Kenny for being a listener and for always participating and, and, and hitting us up on social media. I'm hopeful to get some more tickets to give away. Uh, you're going to do the same thing where you guys can donate to Arians Family Foundation and I'll enter everybody into the giveaway and, and hopefully have some tickets um, on top of maybe some TDN gear. So I'm thinking about keeping it up. I had way more responses than I thought I was going to get. So really appreciate everybody for participating in that. Cause it was awesome to see uh, even going the extra mile to send me your credit card statement and show me that you gave me the $10. Like I was like, people are really just going all in, which was, which was awesome to see. So really greatly appreciate that. And uh, again, Kenny, enjoy the game, man. Monday night football. It's this, uh, it's a hell of a game to get some tickets to. So I hope you enjoy. And thanks for listening to the podcast guys. Tell everybody how they can follow you to end here. Jake, you first. Uh, okay. I couldn't even talk there for a second. Uh, thank you for doing that page. Cause that's freaking awesome. I, I really do appreciate that. So does the foundation, uh, Arians NFL on Instagram and Jake B Arians on Twitter. Jamie. Well, and speaking of the Arians family foundation, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up, uh, was Arians.rivalsmedia.com where you yes. can hashtag beat Jamie. Uh, that's you tomorrow sure night's can. game. Sure can. Ton, of, ton of prop bets, quarter bets, who's going to score first, who's going to get a first sack, what, who's going to score first in this quarter, who wins the kickoff, uh, all this other stuff. Uh, it's really exciting. You can play against me. I've already made my donation. I've got my chips on the line. There's going to be a live leaderboard uh, that we'll look at at the end of the night. So uh, if you can beat me, I, I challenge you to, to make that donation to the Arians Family Foundation. And, you know, for, for example, if you, if you like our betting shows but don't want to spend your own money on that or think it's, it's best served as a charitable donation instead, this kind of gives you that same fix. You're looking at the same types of props uh, and, you, and you help out a really good cause. So check that out as well. We've been promoting that on the show. I've been promoting that a lot on our Friday show. And Hopefully you can beat me. Otherwise, I'm going to be really more insufferable than I usually am uh, on our next show. So I challenge you to beat me. Arians.rivalsmedia.com. Please, and you can follow dear me. God, somebody at, beat him. You can follow me at Jamie Eisner. And you can tweet at me with the hashtag beat Jamie if you have a higher score than me. I will retweet you. If you, if you tweet me a screenshot of the leaderboard. Uh, and you have a higher score than me. I will. I will be obligated to retweet you. And so will so will Jamie. I can assure you that I will also be retweeting you if you hashtag be Jamie. So feel free to use the hashtag. Feel free to join in on the fun uh, for a a good cause, and you can have some fun during Monday Night Football. So it gives you your fix, as as Jamie said. So check that out for sure. You guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. We'll be sure to put that link out. So if you didn't catch it uh, when Jamie was saying it, we'll put it out at our TDN fantasy account. So follow us there at TDN fantasy on Twitter and Instagram and enjoy Monday night football. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.